Warning, this podcast has been rated T because it's terrible. This is two friends talking, often forgetting the recording, going into diatribes about very sensitive topics, including, but not limited to, violence, including sexual and self-harm, drug use, and almost anything else, all handled in a way that if my mother-in-law were to hear it, I'd be embarrassed, but not ashamed. Redstone Archender, and welcome to the penultimate episode of season one of the podcast, Join My Cult. I gotta be honest with you, today's episode is one that I truly, truly thought about scrapping altogether, which would be a little tough since uh, I mentioned that there'd be 12 in the series, and wasn't until editing this that I realized that at the end there's a chunk that I was I thought about cutting out that at least but it seemed disingenuous just couldn't do it in good conscience partially because kind of what this whole episode is leading up to uh, in, in general the topic is the psychological ex- thought experiment the trolley problem and it's some of its derivatives and the the core of this issue stems from some anger and frustration I have with a lot of things. Um, it should become clear over the course of the episode uh, what, what I'm talking about, but I do also have to give out a warning because probably should do this with all the episodes, but some of the things we talk about are uh, particularly egregious this time. We definitely talk about some serial killers. We mentioned bestiality at one point. There's sexual assault mentioned. There's talk about violent revolutions and Worst of all, Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, comes back up. Actually, the worst thing is, in my opinion, that I mention in joking that there's too many people, which to be honest, one of my frustrations is the daily frustrations of life that makes me feel like there's too many stupid people around. But I don't think that would change no matter what kind of economic system or anything like just that's the way of life. Uh, and I do believe that the idea that overpopulation is the problem due to climate change, that is, it is one of the many steps, it's one of the early steps towards eco-fashion, which I strongly oppose. I really do believe there's more than enough resources left and we could be good stewards of them with the population we have. I strongly encourage you to listen through the end. After the conversation, I've prepared a bit to talk about how I view things now. It's been almost two full years since this conversation. It's fun to hear myself as a, like an infant le- leftist at this point. Not that I'm all that much, like I'd probably still call myself a baby leftist, maybe toddler. I'm still, still getting my feet under me. Like, there's still so much to know, so much to learn, so much to think about. And it's something I, I've been thinking about. And like most subjects, the more you learn about it, the more you realize you don't know about it. So. That, that's where I'm at, but I do end this episode with kind of a rebuttal of the general theme of uh, this episode, which I'll kind of keep secret, though it should probably be a little obvious. And before I let this thing start, I gotta say thank you. Thank you for listening. 
I don't understand why you are. I'm uh, super thrilled that you are. I am just shocked at each each week the number of listeners keeps going up. I have gotten a couple messages from you, uh, which is super awesome. Uh, I don't plan on sharing those on the air just unless it's unless I both get your verbal permission to to do so, and it's relevant to something that's going on. Or maybe I'll just share whatever fun stuff is later as long as I get your permission. Uh, I take that super important. Your anonymity is important to me, especially if you want to keep it that way. I, I understand. I really understand. So again, thank you for listening. I appreciate your time, though I've been rambling yet again. So we are going to jump right into it. Apologies. It was hard to find a fun edit uh, because I had to cut out some even our warm-up stuff was kind of rough. Uh, so here we go, in progress, now. But when you first said it, I was getting, I was imagining someone who got a degree in manslaughter. Sure, yeah, you know, you go to, you go to MSU, Manslaughter University, and you train really, really hard. And it's a tough program, too, because... Uh, the dropout rate is quite high, and what I mean, but what I mean by that is the incarceration rate is exceptionally high. Uh, so yeah, imagine they have a few graduates, you know, maybe every year. A very secret ceremony, I have to imagine. <laughs> also, who's well, the professor? Who's teaching these classes? That maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why they keep failing too. Is they have sure. shitty professors. Uh, over here, we have our driving instructor Billy Joel, and <laughs> over here we've got our uh, spousal uh, uh, counselor William Shatner. And uh, trying to think of other famous people who have killed people. So, so I was trying to like replace the first one with Ted Kennedy, and then the second one, I was like, "Oh, Ted Kennedy! Oh, Ted! Oh, this is just me, Ted Kennedy! It's the Ted Kennedy Manslaughter University. That's what it is. Yeah, he is a he is a big donor, big donor." No, no, no. He's, a, he's no. He's he's the main professor. He's like so. Step one: be incredibly rich, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Is manslaughter university just like it's <laughs> economics and management courses? And actually, that's all it teaches. And then like the last semester, like right before you graduate, you have to take a course where you watch like American Psycho, and they're like, "Let's talk about what this guy is just nailing in this film." <laughs> It's 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 a more successful version of Trump University. Yeah, yeah. And then they watch like the Jinx and like the OJ Simpson trials and they're like, "Now what now what people did wrong here was nothing. These people are all very rich. All very very rich." So speaking of ethics, maybe it's time to start the podcast. Hey everybody or nobody. Nobody. Probably <laughs> nobody. Uh welcome to Join My Cult, the cult the the podcast where I'm trying to convince my friend Romulus's. Hey everyone, Romulus is here, and I'm just thinking about the fact that on the off chance that there is somebody listening, and we've just referred to you as nobody. I apologize. That is savage, oh, yeah. no. and I do not intend for it to be interpreted that way. Yeah, I, I read someone who the point of this podcast is to convince Romulus's to join this cult. Um, I making that I make that's not a joke. The joke is on us that no one is listening to us. Not that people who listen to us are no one. This is supposed to be savage burn on us. Yeah, not on you. Yeah, you're. You you're poor you're hopefully you started on episode 11 because if you've been listening the whole time um i don't know i i good on you or do you need some help i want to say that you're probably a good and innocent person but you're listening to this i cannot be sure <laughs> of either of those two characteristics so so today's topic uh i was 
I, I sent Romulus's uh, short little video uh, about the trolley problem, of which we could go through really quick. Yeah, first I want to talk about the length of this video. It is a minute and 43 seconds. And so obviously, Redstone has learned over the course of these last few months about how big my attention span is. And so I watched this video, and I ate several crackers, and I said, yay, more please. It was basically like an unboxing video. But at the end, it was the trolley problem. I said, great, Minecraft time. I mean, it was... It's from, like, BBC Radio 4. It was like, yeah, they, they can drop that shit down to something bite-sized. So, I mean, the basics are, um, let's say you've got a runaway trolley. Well, well, can, can, oh. can we even take a step further back here? So you're, so this is a philosophical thing that we're about to talk about. Why are we talking about philosophy today? What, you know, set, set up the larger context in terms of the cult application, and then let's talk about the trolley problem. Well, it's specifically ethics. Okay. Like, what... It's, this is just, and well, this is mainly, we're just going to get to a, I was feeling angry, so I came up with a scenario. <laughs> okay, see, that's where I wanted to start things. See, this is, the, the problem is now, I'm feeling a lot better than when I first came up with this idea, uh -huh. because to be honest, I woke up, I had not got enough sleep, mm -hmm. I had had a long, long discussion with a coworker, um, Last night, we, we had an hour and 40 minutes to do nothing, and we just sat and talked about politics. Uh. So I just, like, was a ball of rage this morning. So, so I, I wrote a scenario in the vein of the trolley problem for fun, and then now I feel better, but I still think we should do it. So Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, main point, this cult should have some ethics thing, but more importantly, you got mad. <laughs> thinking about politics and now we're going to talk about philosophy perfect <laughs> accurately uh, framed so that everyone uh, will have a complete and total understanding of what's going on oh oh and it's going to be it's 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 not a it's there's barely a veil of what's going on in this final scenario of which i will bring up but okay so the first scenario is there's a runaway trolley and it's on a track and it's headed for five people and uh it will kill them but you see that there's a lever next to you and if you flip the lever it'll divert the trolley down a track that will definitely kill one person, but just the one person. And so like the, the question is, what's the right thing to do? And how do you feel about that? Do you flip the lever or not? Okay, so th this is the classic trolley problem, which you've just yeah. outlined here. Yeah, so I think this, this question really takes into account someone's personal morality and what the kind of laws at the time say is acceptable. For instance, if I watch somebody die, that is hard for me, but I am not legally <laughs> going to be responsible for that however if i then turn that lever and kill some other people like i have done the action to do that thing i can now go up in front of a jury of my peers and i have to argue my case right like so it, it it's a twofold argument for me one is personal ethics and one is like even if you think you are right can you convince others that you are right and that's like that's always the tougher sell for me because i'm like there's one thing i don't know about it's other people specifically i am curious how you feel about it though right so i, I will just address that first point uh yeah yeah it, it's a very tentative yes. It's a very tentative yes I would pull that lever. The reason I am so tentative is because as I've gotten older, and certainly as you've uh, known me longer and longer redstone, I try and white knight as minimally as I absolutely can. Um, so this means that I make the least amount of assumptions that I know better than someone else. It takes a massive amount of interaction for me in order for me to say, like, I know all the parameters of the system, at least as well as this other person does, and I can come up with a better end, end game than they can. I generally don't like doing that. But if I feel I am looking at the situation, I've assessed all those variables, I feel very confident about it, I would probably pull that lever. Well, and that's, that is, like, given this situation, it is this cut and dry. There mm -hmm. are clearly five people that are not going to... They, they, they will be killed, and this one will definitely be killed. I mean, that's the kind of... You have to bake into any of these philosophical... Basically, some absolutes. Because it's like, sure. well, otherwise... Well, because... So then the next 
thing that comes up in the trolley problem, the, the next variation, is the fat man. Which I feel bad because it just seems like a, a rude name, but it's just like the classical name for it. I would think like the big man. What about like the giant? Like Andre the Giant seems like a guy who would fit this first perturbation of this. Uh, sure, this could or this could be just a, a petite person that's holding an immovable rod, right? Like any any of these will serve the function. Well, except for the the, the petite person holding the rod would have to activate the rod, and this the 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 scenario of which I am familiar with mm -hmm. is that um, oh, and here it is on Wikipedia as before. A trolley is hurtling down a track towards five people. You are on a bridge, under which it will pass, and you can stop it by putting something very heavy in front of it. As it happens, there's a very fat man next to you. Your only way to stop the trolley is to push him over the bridge and onto the track, killing him to save five. What do you do? And you know killing this man will save those five people. Yeah, I guess I don't... You know, there's a subtlety here that is lost on me, which will surprise anyone slash nobody who is listening here that I don't do subtlety very well. Uh, they, they both kind of have the same outcome of one one dead, five alive. So yeah. to me, it is the same. And uh, again, it is a very tentative uh, adios uh, big boy. No. Adios big boy. But you have to push him. You physically, it's not pulling a lever. Can you, do you really think you could push a dude off the bridge onto the tracks? Oh, yeah. I think this would be difficult, right? But I think this is like the Ned Stark appeal from the Game of Thrones books, right? Like the reason that we're supposed to like him as a main character is because minor spoiler alert, the first thing that you see him do is he executes a dude. And he's like, explains to the dude, he's like, ah, I'm not super thrilled that I have to do this, but like you did a pretty big bad and like this is the rule of the land and this is a pretty grisly thing to do and I would be a dick if I had somebody else do mm -hmm. this. And the, I can't remember what the dude says. He probably says like, something like, that's fair, I totally get it. But like in real life, it'd be like... <laughs> sucks you don't have to do this no i'm pretty sure he, he like is pissed and hates it like he's like i don't want to fucking die but he's like pretty sure yeah it's yeah it's been a while but anyway um yeah i think you know ned stark is a good guy because he is willing to do diff he's willing to do hard things and he is doing them he's not delegating them he uh takes them on uh so yeah uh, me having to physically kill somebody in order for other people to live i think that that would be an immensely uh, uh burdensome task but um, it, it would feel no differently to me than pulling a lever and someone, having someone die or, or, or putting a knife into somebody. I, I, I think probably both would cause an equal amount of sleepless nights. Okay. I mean, but, but you, you would, you do think in the end you would push the guy over. It, it, tentatively, yes. All right. So the next one beyond that... I feel like I'm just going to get honeypotted no, 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 here. No, no, it's no, no, just this like, is... wait, here's my enrollment into MSU at the very end. And it's like, great. No, no, because Fantastic. this is actually... Mr. Kennedy, uh, I So in the video that we watched of like a minute and a half, like at the end they mentioned that a lot of people switch at this point. They feel mm. the act of pulling a lever versus like the idea of having to physically... I mean, either way, you, you're responsible for their murder in the same fashion. You do an act and they die. But one's pulling a lever and the other's you pushing this fat bastard over a bridge. Like, you don't know. And and the, I guess... Wait, I thought, you, I thought you were defending this guy. And now he's a actually, fat no, bastard. No, I'm sorry. Saying. I was already like in the... Because the next one's the fat villain. And I already was like building that in my head. So, and which is the next oh, scenario. Okay. But what I think it is, in my head, I would definitely pull the lever. Because I could imagine if I were the one on the track, I'd be like, yeah, pick me over those five. That's cool. I feel like I could make that decision. And I don't have time to talk to you. But the idea of, well... 
can't the fat guy also notice that he'd probably be big enough to stop the trolley? Like, he could jump. Like, but if you don't have time and you're just, like, pushing him, you're just like, nope, making the decision for you. <laughs> Which you are doing. You're just going to go over and be, like, the worst, like, missionaries on the planet. Like, excuse me, sir, do you have a very small amount of time to talk about how your life could benefit five others <laughs> directly? And by your life, I mean the end of it. Jump off that cliff now, please. Bye. <laughs> All right, so so here is my the next one. So this this is the fat villain, but this is my take on it. So okay. it is more elaborate and silly. Well, maybe not sillier, but so um, a fat man is wearing a uniform of the people in charge of the tracks. But instead of being at the booth, sitting a few feet away, he's setting up a camera on a tripod facing the tunnel where nearly a thousand people are working. He keeps getting people running up and in a panic, explaining that there's a runaway trolley. It's heading towards the tunnel. If the trolley runs into the tunnel, hundreds could die. Maybe everybody. He tells them everything's okay. There isn't a problem. You now can see the trolley is come. It's it's coming down the hill. It's speeding towards the tunnel. There's no track to divert now. You you ask what he's doing about the trolley and the tunnel. And he turns to you and says, "What do you think the camera's for?" So do you push this fat bastard onto the tracks? Okay, so the only thing that's different between the previous scenario where I said yes is this guy is just <laughs> yeah. Dick. So this is the thing is I didn't I expected you to switch your answer on the last one, and you're just like oh okay. Well, that's what it said. It was like most people switch their answer to the other one. I'm like okay, I'll make that assumption about Robbie Lucid. You're like nah, cool. And this one you're like <laughs> better. At least he's a dick, which is kind of my. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Okay. So I was playing. I was playing a D and D campaign recently, or I was running a D and D campaign. And the whole theme of it is, like, they have to make fucked up moral decisions. <laughs> um, they enter a town where, like, no one is, like, really good or no one is really bad. They're all flawed human beings, which, like, great. Love it. Um, anyway, they end up going on this quest where the person at the end is like, hey, I'm willing to give you this big reward, but I need a blood sacrifice oh, in order to do that. And they're all like, oh, okay, like, what kind of blood sacrifice? And he's like, I prefer newborns, but, like, you know, pretty much anything. Damn. And so then they were like, all right, and they had a little powwow. And previously, they discovered that there was a man and a woman living in the town that were serial killers. And they allowed them to keep uh, living as long as they were sold goods at discounted prices. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and so then what they decided is they decided, hey, we want to get this reward. So who are we going to use for this blood sacrifice? Let's use the woman of this couple that are being serial killers, bring her back here and sacrifice her. And then we'll get the reward because as you posed here, she is the villain. She is setting up the camera to watch all these people die on the train. And they were all like, perfect. We nailed this. Give ourselves the gold star on this. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, it makes sense. And, but wait, so I got to ask, do you know why they chose the, the woman instead of the man? Yeah, the man was out of town. <laughs> just okay, cool. It wasn't it wasn't sexism or anything no. like you no, know, just like oh, just convenience. Which whichever one we can grab quicker and easier, that's what we're going to go for. Yep, that was exactly it. That was the motivating factor. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. so that was that was pretty crazy balls to me. Um, Damn, I I prefer infants. Yeah, like my intention was to like no no like this is a blood sacrifice that's happened and like the the like end product is really nice it like it makes a renewal of the forest which means you can feed more people and like I kind of like having people weigh like is the sacrifice of any worth the profit of any like I think that's an interesting moral quandary mm -hmm. and they just bypassed all of it and we're like well we found some fucked up people over <laughs> here we'll just kill them because they're kind of dicks anyway and it's like we were already thinking about murdering them before so this is actually just kind of a win-win because i mean we don't get the discounted products but man we'll just still 
their we'll loot their corpse anyway, right? Oh, but they still do because the husband's alive. Oh, uh, so oh, so they're yeah. just gonna are they gonna play it off though? I guess I want to see the I want to hear this development of how they play this off later. Oh yeah, then they end up just telling the husband that his wife ran away and they abducted her in the middle of the night. And no one saw, <laughs> and they like orchestrated the whole kidnapping <laughs> and like bound this woman up and put her into a murder. Co- like it was. <laughs> Oh, just role-playing sociopaths. Just role, like, yeah, yeah, in a very real, <sighs> real way. That's, like, my preferred way to do D&D, which is not, like, you kick in the door, there's four orcs. I just, like, like, oh, yeah, like, this is an old world where it's old gods and they do fucked up things. How do you, with modern sensibilities, approach these? Oh, you slipped really quickly into fucked up things are okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that reminds me of the my favorite, by far, NPC I've ever made, and was the campaign favorite, was Meepo, a kobold. Mm-hmm. That from from the 5th edition, or 4th edition, the, the Mines of Phil and Dander or whatever. Like when they what? first Me- Me- Meepo's back from uh, uh, the Sunless Citadel, bro. He's a, a three three point uh, kobold. Like they've used him. I, I think Meepo. He's like he's like Sid from the Final Fantasy series. Well, I, I just stole the name, and it was oh, yeah, so yeah. it was it was a kobold who everyone else like they killed all the other kobolds, and they kept one as like a guide. And then they're like walking, and I was like I just started telling him this yarn about, and they're like, and then we'll let you go. He's like, oh, but but you kill all Meepo's family. <laughs> and they're really like well, and it was like well so at first they were like cool because they found out that most of the the kobolds were enslaved and his family had been enslaved and it just yeah 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 so so you murdered the bad guys but you also murdered my family and so he just became like their tag along partner and then in the end he like sacrifices himself for everybody and they were like i can't believe you fucking killed him like i was like you guys screwed up so bad that i had to like he threw himself literally on a magical grenade that they were like fucked up. And it was like, no, he, yeah, I'm not going to have a total party kill. So he <laughs> sacrificed himself and they were pissed. They were just like, I can't believe you killed him. It was like, he would have died anyway. It was literally him or all of you and him. Because yeah, none yeah. of you were smart enough to figure that out either. So I made the heroic choice, you dicks. <laughs> I'm like one of you could have thrown, one of you have more than 10 fucking hit points. You could have taken, <laughs> I mean, those those are learning moments, right? Like, just like real life. Like, when you see somebody else, like, IRL, step up and do something, like, you know, not even necessarily heroic, but just, like, kind. Like, and you're not doing that? Like, when, uh, those moments give me, give, like, that's why usually when I'm at the supermarket and I get those questions about, like, do you want to give a dollar to United Way? Like I, like, I think that those are domino effects. Like, I think if you say yes, and the person behind you hears that you say yes, they're going to be like, fuck, I guess I'm giving a dollar to United Way. Like, I, I think that's how it works. Like, it's not in isolation. Like, this this kindness begets kindness, right? And, like, if you're in a fantasy universe and you don't know what the fuck a kobold is or whatever, and you don't, like, you, you, you just know, like, this person's a serial killer, I'll feed them to this tree monster to get a big old diamond. Like, and you think that that becomes acceptable. When you're finally shown kindness or compassion or mercy, you can choose whether to, to follow that or not. Like, some people don't, like, that. they don't know that they have that choice available to them. They just, like, oh, no, this is a world of, of, of violence and, and, and cruelty. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, there's, there's good in this world, too. There's also fucked up, but, like, there's always fucked up. Like... This ain't no Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, but it's also not like a cesspool of like, it's not a Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like, I think like, you know, you, you brought up this point on like podcast one or two that like people take negative things like nine times more often than they do positive things or interpret it. There's a mm-hmm. nine to one ratio there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of that same way. Like it, it doesn't take a lot to convince people that like, you know, like Rorschach, like the world's fucked up and you just have to be fucked up sometimes. And it's like, no, no, bro. Like spoiler alert, Rorschach is not the good guy of those books. Like, like I, I, I think that it's, it's much harder to, to balance 
those ideas. Uh, yeah, whether it's in D&D or trolley problems or, or, or real life, you know? Um, speaking of superhero stuff, have you seen The Boys on Amazon? You know, it keeps getting advertised to me, but I, I have not endeavored into any part of it. What do you uh, ask? I swallowed it in almost one go. Like, it was within three days I watched. It's only like eight episodes, but they're mm-hmm. an hour apiece. Um, it was great. Uh, it's just dark and just, it's, I mean, it's a realistic take as if, if, if there were superheroes and they were monetized by huh. a corporation that had a monopoly on them. And what hmm. would the su- superheroes be like if you have super fucking powers and are kind of removed from the law? So it's, it's dark. It's got some good moments. I mean, it's got some, it's definitely got some up moments, but it's, it is dark as fuck. So, hmm. um. Yeah, it's my wife really enjoyed uh, what what she has seen of it, but she also missed uh, in the very first episode. To be honest, there's uh, a sexual assault, so uh, it's a more casual and but it's just it's fucking just gross. It's just like, up, oh, this is where we're starting. Yeah, this is where we're starting. Yeah, that's like uh, the Black Mirror pilot. Like for anyone out there who hasn't seen the Black Mirror pilot, starts out with like there's a pig fucking scene. I don't uh, remember and, this. And, and and not two pigs fucking. There's a human who fucks a pig, and like that is their pilot and like meant to like shock you and it like succeeded like mm. i was like black mirror you have succeeded in rocking me to my core i have no interest in anything that you produce after this like this is like so debasing to me as a human to experience this and like so did not need to be done like i don't care what you produce what you make afterwards how good it is it will forever be tainted by this this is amazing because i literally do not remember this whatsoever and it's probably <laughs> because it didn't phase me in any way i really just yep yeah, I get, I get what you're going for. Yep, keep going. This ain't even close to dark enough. I listen to serial killer stuff. I listen to this guy Ed Gein, who made a belt out of people's nipples. Oh, that's that's very disquieting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that is one of the that was me trying to think of one of the least fucked up things I could say that would convey the fuck. <laughs> that's that's at the that's like one of the early things you find. It, you're like, oh, that's fucked up. If you want to hear more, it only gets worse, and it and it ooh, steadily down. And you're like, okay, but it was just a belt. How do you get that many nipples to make an entire belt of yeah. just nipples? So that's, I mean, so. I, so I, I'm like, yeah, it's fucking a pig probably. I don't know. Whatever. Move on. But there's like a difference between like, like us having a conversation about nipple belt and like another between a filmmaker being like, all right, I'm going to show him for five minutes stretching out the individual sliced off nipples and like sewing them handcraftedly together after peeling them off of his victims and he flecks off the blood. And it's just like, whoa, dude, you're getting pretty deep into detail on this nipple belt. Like, like, and, and I think that's, that's the hmm. level at yeah. which I was like, you know, like I, the older I get, I also appreciate the restraint that we used to show during like old fashioned movies. Like I don't have to see a rape scene to realize that like rape has been implied. Like yeah. when a movie like girl with the dragon tattoo comes out, and people are like, oh, wasn't that such a brutal movie? I was like, no, it was extremely unpleasant and unnecessary. Like, it, there was no, like, what what good came out of showing it to that, like, level of, like, grittiness and rawness? Like, oh, yeah, man, that's how, that's real life. That's how it works. Like, no, like, like I, it does not benefit us. Why does us all having those images in our head equate to success? You're, you're assuming everybody already was like, yeah, if clearly when I think of rape, I I have some visceral feeling with how how fucking horrible it is. Some people are just like, no, nah, it's not that big of a deal. I truly do believe there are certain people they just wall that off and it's like, no, no. 
when we talk about the word rape, this is we are talking about this. And as an artistic thing, I don't think if you can make someone viscerally super uncomfortable and that's what you're going for, that is successful art. Occasionally, like, yeah, you show we were just talking about the you you make your players decide between like well what a blood sacrifice and you're just like well you're they're doing it in just another form instead of ethically this is like no viscerally like feel this feel how like i'm going to take your attention for a moment and make you feel the badness you're right yeah and i agree i just have like zero interest in that like that 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 form of artistic expression to me is like no i get it uh but my wife and i saw a movie years and years ago called Amour. It's like a French film about an elderly couple and the woman is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And the entire film is just like watching this couple try and live a life um, while this woman's crippling Alzheimer's gets worse and worse and worse. And it's like a two hour film or something. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil the movie now for okay. you and for anyone else out there. Um, the climax of the movie is after a particularly difficult day when the husband is putting his wife to bed, he decides instead to smother her with a pillow. And it's like, the whole movie is building towards this. Yeah. Like, it's hard, it's taxing. And like, you know, from scene one, I was like, yeah, movie, I get it. Alzheimer's sucks. And it's super <laughs> difficult to deal with people. And then it just like, it goes to the next scene. And it's like, no movie, I, I'm on, I'm on board. This is a difficult situation and it's bad. And there's no real way to solve this and everyone loses. And then the next scene happens. It's like, movie, maybe... You didn't hear, and so like, uh, I'm not interested in that type of bludgeoning experience. Like, yep, yeah. some people maybe need the full two hours to, to get that, or some people need the nipple belt stretched across, yeah. you know, like a, a sewing kit in order to fully establish the perverseness of something. But I'm like, no, 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 you, you you had me at nipple belt. Like, no, 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 you had me at rape scene. That's the whole thing. They're making, they're going, yeah. So, so you felt that in one scene. What if someone was living this? You're gonna feel what it would be like. You're sitting here for two hours. What if this was your whole fucking life for real? Like, so they make you go. I want to smother this film, <laughs> so that when he finally smothers her, you're like, good. We can end this now. Thank God, I'm now on your side. Do it. Do. It. Were you not like me and started to chant by halfway? Just fucking do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I, like, I got too caught up in the nastiness of it, like, to be cynical. Like, I, I wish I could be jaded enough so that way when that experience happens, I can just, like, I can just throw out a, like, like, she's still hot or something to just, like, destroy whatever emotional feelings I have about this. But I just get, like, so sucked into those that I just get, like, ugh, like, all, all, all the icky nasties just, just crawl, crawl up in me. Don't like them. Ooh, sounds like a real film. Yeah, I do try to avoid those. Anything by like Von Trier and shit, I, I have long stopped watching. Because yeah, it's super uncomfortable. But I guess it's, I do prefer this. Uh, well, you might not like the boys then because if you don't want want to watch superheroes abusing their power on uh, human beings, like literally ripping someone apart, um, it gets a little gory. Not super. It's always like for a second or two. And you're just like, oh shit, did I just see that? I mean, it's just, there's little punctuations here and there, but ooh, I mean, it, it can be rough. You can call you can call me a Pollyanna, but, like, my preferred ending to a film is usually, like, some type of measured success. Like, we're going to watch Aliens later this afternoon. We're having a friend oh. over to, like, come watch Aliens with us. And that is a brutal film, but in the end, like, human perseverance, with the help of some robotics, uh, uh, ends ends up succeeding. And I'm like, yeah, like, that was hard, but, like, th like humans got through it. Humans conquered. It, humans won. It, Yay, humans. Ignoring the fact that there's a sequel. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A direct sequel where it doesn't work out and everything goes wrong yet again. But that's, like, that's fine, right? Like, I'm, I'm treating Aliens in isolation, right? Like, I'm not giving it the burden of Alien 3 or, or anything like that. Like, that movie in its microcosm and the story it was trying to tell ended up telling a story of, like, some difficult success but some success. 
there is a movie that like a Rosemary's Baby that comes out and you get to the end of the film and it's like did you get punched in the dick enough no well, we got one more waiting for you at the end it's like why did I do this there's nothing constructive I can't learn I can't glean I can't apply I can't say these characters like everything just got worse like that's that, that is not my preferred form of media entertainment. Like I guess it's, they're they're not going for entertainment; they're going for art. They're trying to elicit some things. Are trying to ex- elicit an experience of some someone else's lived experience and make you live it for a bit too. Yeah. Whether I, whether or not it's good or bad, it's experiences to its fullest for a little bit. Yeah, and I understand, but that's different than entertainment. You have to approach those. I feel like you have to approach those different. You can't go in watching, oh, I'm going to watch, like, if you're like, man, I really want a superhero movie, and then they're like, oh, it's about a couple where the lady has autism, uh, not <laughs> autism, has Alzheimer's, and it's just going to be a slow, painful march towards death, and like, like actual life is. You're going to be upset. But she's got one of the Infinity Stones, right? <laughs> like, which one? Which one? No, you're, you're right. Like, I, I am kind of a Luddite. Like, I prefer entertainment usually over art. Like, I no, no, I'm, I'm saying that about myself. Like, I, Rom Ulysses, am not someone who generally seeks out high art. I generally want to be entertained. So, yeah, if, if something comes up and it is capital A art, and it is art that is meant to evoke something in me by challenging me, and the way it challenges me is, like, like a pretty difficult uh subject matter i usually struggle with that and i'm like i'm not like yep you successfully gave me an experience and that experience totally sucked (laughs) like but i but i but i also usually go into those like hmm alzheimer's i'm pretty sure that sucks (laughs) like i didn't walk out of that being like boy that alzheimer's thing is a lot worse than i thought it was gonna be i guess part of it is i'm like dude you seem to be like a wine drink okay this is i guess opposite you seem to be a bourbon drinker why do you keep going for the uh strawberry daiquiri if you don't like strawberry daiquiris (laughs) stop getting that order the thing you want just order the thing i used to crush me crush me some strawberry daiquiris when i was a kid i was like i used to order virgin strawberry daiquiris at like like because i was just like oh they're sweet and they taste good and then one time i went out with like a bunch of high school buddies and i ordered a virgin strawberry daiquiri and there was literally a moment where like there was like and like every guy turned and like looked at me and i was like oh the is or do we not get these and yeah and then i think they're awesome so fuck them yeah i mean i am not quite as insecure as i was in high school but uh, i also don't like the sugary drinks as much anyway strawberry daiquiris aside i i I agree like I, i generally know what I want to see a, but I want to push myself. I want to say, hey, I don't want to say that just because someone else's experience isn't mine, that it is going to be bad and I will not enjoy it. Very far from that. I enjoy others' experiences. However, I, <laughs> I maybe just don't need to be bludgeoned with it. Like if, if the goal is for someone to say, I experienced something so terrible and the only way that you can know how terrible it is is to experience it in that degree of terribleness, I'm going to be like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> like I, I'm fine with my guarded knowledge of like, yep alzheimer's bad like i i you know pig sex gross like there's a there's a few things in there that i feel pretty good about yeah i guess i'm just like just be careful just read the menu a little closer just uh, see what the ingredient i don't know, like read the reviews and see there's no captain america in this one sorry man i don't, I don't want to tell you or no it's captain america is the guy who's just slowly smothering her oh shit that's the next movie no no the old lady oh no the next captain america movie is like that relationship and then she just like slowly starts to hate him like and you just watch two hours of like captain america just being like the best he can be but she just because she just wants something different and she's just a little messed up but that's okay because we're all humans just slowly starts to resent him for that and at the very end of it their marriage just like crumbles and captain america just like hits her 
her in the face with his shield. And that's like the end of the movie. And I'm going to be like, cool movie. <laughs> Thanks, Winter Soldier. Like, I don't like that. It, it would have to be that degree of, of that. And then I'd be like, boy, once, once Kevin Feig wasn't on board anymore, these Marvel movies, <laughs> like they, they're like, look, Joker was dark. We can do that with Captain America, right? Like if the climax of the movie is him climaxing on her face while she's asleep. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I think getting hit in the face with the stars and stripes is going to be pretty rough for her. I'm just saying, it's not really the climax of the movie, though. At that point, you're that, that's the resolution part. I don't know where to go from there. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, getting back to this root idea of uh, of philosophy. But let, let, let's go back to there. You know, what is what is what is a good cult need? What do you think is the right balance of it, you're? Oh, you're the cult leader, right? Like I you're, mean, I, you're setting the moral uh, compass, so to speak. You know, even if it's not like. You know, it's it's a compass that can be adapted over time, but like you know, yeah. uh, as a figurehead of this movement, like what would your stance be? So, so I wrote a parable of which it implies we should murder the billionaires to save the planet. I don't know if you <laughs> caught that. I made them an evil fuck who's recording the end of these people's lives instead of doing anything about it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty clear which way I was pushing people to like vote for. It's like, yeah, maybe we do need to murder the billionaire class just to like save the planet. I don't, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that fat fuck won't stop the trolley, but might slow it down. So, so yeah, this is this is interesting because uh, I'm listening to that same podcast that's talking about the Russian Revolution and basically Ooh. like leading up to the Russian Revolution. There's a whole bunch of you know pr- proto communists, and they split up into two parties and. Basically, their split is along the line of violence. Do we need to violently overthrow the czar and his family in order to bring about a communist revolution? Or is it something that we build towards and like, you know, somewhere along the way, the czarist government will fall. And, you know, you you now advocating for this, like, maybe we kill the billionaires thing. That could be a huge sway in the cult appeal for me, because I think a cult that advertises violence as a method of approaching a goal quickly I'm just, it it smells a little Jonestown to me at that point. So that's what I, I guess the reason why I brought it up is I've been feeling that really strongly recently. (laughs) And so I'm like, I need somebody to convince me this is the wrong thing to do. Oh my God. That's my goal now. No, I I guess more of this is no, no. Uh, uh, it's but I did Red, argue Redstone. for an hour and a half last night. Murder bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean? And again, one versus thousands. One yeah. versus thousands. I mean, if if literally if every billionaire you killed, you know, a thousand less people would die from climate change. Is that ethically permissible? Yeah. I, uh, see, this is this is why I presented when you presented me with the trolley problem. It's a twofold question. It's a question of personal philosophy and also a second question of law. Um, I don't think that any society can have firmly established in its uh, uh, code of law that it's okay to kill people. Dot dot dot. If an you know an equal number or greater number of people will be able to prosper as a result of that action. I think it's I think it's a, a really big gray area, and society just generally needs to be like. All murder bad. No, that's not true. If someone comes into your house right now with a fucking knife, do you have a right to put them down if they're trying to kill you? If it's you or them, do you kill them or do you just get stabbed to death? I mean, even in that process, right? Like, uh, uh, I think all cases involving, like, a murder or the death of a human being should be reviewed before peer of jurors, right? Like, the idea that um, you, like, if someone came into my house and I killed them, if that case did not go before a court, I would be shell-shocked. 
right? Like I think any and all murder cases should be reviewed because they're like the general standing rule should be like no murder. And then anytime there is a murder, you bring people around to be like, okay, we say no murder, but like, was this truly the only way that this outcome could have gone? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess my, my point, I'm fine with going on trial and saying, Hey, yes, we needed to break the system because the system is inherently geared towards this outcome. It's it, it you benefit. Exploitation is so rewarded in this capitalist, in, in most of these systems, it, whether it be any ortho authoritarianism, anytime mm -hmm. you can just squeeze the life out of these people, like they benefit. And it's just like, well, they're not going to stop doing it. They have to be made to stop and they control the government at this point. Like, and, and if people don't stand up fast enough, this is, this could be the end of humanity. I'm just like, it's something, I don't know, maybe we need to really talk about, or just have that be an option on the table. I'm not saying we use the gun, but I think we need to put the gun on the table and let them know we are serious that if you don't, if you are possibly going to wipe out all of humanity and our ecosystem, maybe we'll stop you by whatever means we have to. Yeah. It's it's a big step, man. It's a big step. Yeah, Not one that I, Romulus, would I, make lightly. And this, no, and it's one I, I prefer pacifism. I think violent, it's, my thing is, is it an option? I think it's an option we still have to consider. I'm not saying we use it. I'm saying we have to keep it as a consideration. I mean, it, war war is sometimes the thing we have to do. Yeah. And I think it's going to be... I, I don't think it's we. your sniper rifling um, Jeff Bezos. I think it's people take to the fucking streets. And they have, private, they have a private army. It's called the police. The police serve the rich. They... We're watching... I don't know if you saw in Chile. They're literally... The police are shooting protesters. Yeah. Yeah. with guns like this is what governments do when the people in charge of them need to keep power and they need to lose power for us to save the planet so i'm just it may come to that it may i mean i'm not saying you'll you alone need to go buy an ar-15 and go like after is it the waltons who the fuck owns walmart <laughs> I feel like I'm using somebody from like it's little house on the prairie and I'm like getting the name wrong and I'm like uh we should kill the Simpsons. I'm like, no, whoever the fuck owns Walmart. That fan. I'm saying don't, this would not be an individual effort. I think it's like, a, well, as a group, as a citizen, we have to take away your money. And if you fight us, we'll have to take away your lives because I, it has to stop. I, I think I think the way that those types of revolutions succeed is when the majority of the people are participating in those demonstrations. I think if a usually... I think if a minority of the population does the violent insurrection, that that is generally a strong breeding ground for counter-revolution, violent counter-revolution. Um, so it, it 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 makes me makes me anxious, very anxious. So so do you actually mean a majority? Do you mean like it has to be like sixty percent of the population stands up at once? Because I don't know if that happens really. Yeah yeah I don't know. <laughs> Like, I mean, ever. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure those are the numbers. Are we talking like 10%? How much of the population has to stand up at once to make it happen? I think a majority of the population needs to be for it, even if not a majority of the population is actually out in the streets, right? Like, the, the number of people that show up to the march does not directly indicate how many people are for that policy. There are also people that are for that policy that are not showing up for that march. I think the total numbers need to be above 50%. I'm wondering actually how many people have to be out in the streets because when when they do a poll and, you know, 85% of our nation wants comprehensive background checks to help curb mass shootings, yeah. 
even in our NRA members have a majority of NRA members want that too. But the few people that control the lobby, they get to make the rule. I'm like, I don't know how many, there are children marching in the street for that shit too. And nothing moves. I'm like, I don't know how much it takes because we have a lot of people out in the streets and it doesn't, our representatives don't give a fuck. They just do whatever the people with money tell them to do. Yeah. I, because that gets them elected. Yeah. I, I think that's a strong argument, right? Like in that case, like, hey, 85% of people polled are for this thing. We march for it. We don't get it. Like now I think that there's a very reasonable argument for like, we are now resorting to violence to get this thing that we want. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. B because the system that should be supporting it is not doing that thing. Yeah. That seems like an acceptable use of a violent overthrow. My, my thing is if, if the majority aren't behind something, climate change, and you do a violent reaction to try and make sure that that doesn't happen. I think any any direct violence pushes people in that other direction. Yeah. So if you are below that 50% mark and you do something, I think that pushes people over to the conservative, whether it's conservative in either direction, uh, over towards that counter-revolution direction. And that's why that like that 50% barricade to me is, I think, very historically... Um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, it. I guess my other concern is it might be worth it to have it get pushed the other... I'm like, I, as long as it stops, as long as it breaks the status quo, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure... Any break of the system is a bad break of the system at this point. Yeah. And that's, I, that concerns me because I'm like, that seems very extreme. But the more I think about it, I'm like, well, where, where would, what would be the worst case scenario in this? So this, oh, the system's going to break down anyway, because climate change will make a severe instability when, you know, hundreds of millions of people are displaced. I, yeah. The whole system will collapse. I, I hear you. I hear you. And I, you know, two, two things rattle around in my brain. When people bring up the worst case scenario as a way of justifying an action, I think that that cause has been used against liberal causes for a while. They're going to take away our guns. Hmm. Um, they're, you know, uh, abortions are going to become mandatory. Like these type of talking, like, you know, the extreme argument in order to justify the action now, I think is, is not necessarily a sound one to me because it can be used on either side to, to you know, uh, petrifying results. As you say to the man who's jokingly talked about <laughs> having forced abortions because there's too many goddamn people on this planet, maybe we should just like lose five years of making people. Right. I think what's really the biggest tragedy is you call them abortions. And I'm like, no one supports this. <laughs> Um, I forgot what my second point was. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, well, you, you brought up two points where I'm like, I do want to take all the guns away from, uh, the, well, except I want to use them now. So now nah, maybe we should have them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. I know that they're, oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. So you, oh, you, you brought up previously this idea of like, you know, if, if there were to be communes and like this one commune, just like they eat all their beef and they have no more cows and you're just like, fucking, I guess. I guess they're, you know, uh, not having burgers anytime soon. Like, no more beef jerky for them. Like, that's just how it works. Like, I'm kind of applying that model to society now. Like, if you're truly right, and either the only way that we could, you know, le legitimately move forward is if a minority of people do a violent insurrection to commit everybody else that we're right, and that's the only way to save the planet, like, maybe that planet doesn't get saved. Uh, because I'm, right. I'm, I'm not sure a violent insurrection without a support of the majority of people would actually save us. I, I, I truly okay. don't. I, I, I think that that could just be further further bad. In that case, it's human on human bad. Yeah, which to be honest, war in itself is just one of the worst for the ecosystem too. It's just nothing. I mean, what a great way to have consumerism is, yeah, we need munitions, we need bombs, we need 
tanks we need like whatever you like yeah we can just produce stuff that gets wasted and it just it's a great driver of the economy like the people who would on the other side would love that to happen too because it would benefit them in the short run which is all they care about is benefiting in the short run yeah i mean hey we're talking about a lot of fun topics i'll go ahead and bring this one in um that's why terrorism exists right like when you don't want to go to capital w war but you still want to get your message across you resort to terrorism acts of terror in order to uh, make sure that your message gets out there. And again, going back to the Russian example, after the split happened, this Russian group tried to assassinate the Tsar like five times. Like people come at him with guns or throw bombs at his carriages. And then finally, like on the sixth try, it worked and he got blown to bits. But like, I, I would even argue the American Revolution, like we fought the majority of those battles as like guerrillas, which is like terrorism. Mm -hmm. We were terrorists. Yeah. And yeah, that's, you know, endorsing terrorism in order to get a message out there even if that message is let's save the planet like it's hard that is a hard fucking pill to swallow yeah i mean eco-terrorism is a thing and i'm not i'm not i guess i i'm putting it on the table and i'm like i'm not sure i'm advocating for this i'm just not sure how to not advocate for it mm -hmm. which which is pretty damn close <laughs> it's really fine i'm like this is this is like glenn beck level like i'm not saying uh, oh maybe somebody said second amendment that shit i mean that's I'm trying yeah. not to even go there, yeah. but I feel like I'm pretty close. Yeah, you're, I'm way too close. Yeah, I'm, I'm like actively thinking like this conversation is published and then we are like, we are on FBI watch list. Like that's just like, yeah. this is not like, even yeah. a question. What, what part of, hey, I want to do this thing. You should come up with a fake fucking name. Did you not, did you not realize eventually we were going to get to this level of shit? Yeah. yeah, this is true. Like I was, I mean, this is part, I mean, although we're transmitting it through the internet, so it's already too late. Yeah. The NSA's already got, a transcript of this as they speak uh -huh. but i talk about it everywhere i go anymore i go like please try to convince me that we don't need to have a violent revolution please <laughs> this is this is the argument i'm seeing for it and it seems inevitable please talk me out of this i just can't think of any more buzzwords we could have said in the last hour to like tip off whatever they're like hmm, we caught this many words said uh related to these topics that are on this list like so remember uh, the dod leaked uh memos about the drone program said that only nine percent of the people killed were terrorists and upwards of 11% were children. Just remember that. And that, as speaking of stuff that leaked, things uh, things to to alert the NSA that we we're talking shit about them is, or just the government in general. I think I covered a few more. Right. So when when we go on trial for, you know, inciting <laughs> terrorism in the United States, we're just gonna get up there and be like, 91 of the percent of the people killed in drone strikes are innocent. <laughs> like, I want the record to show. Like I'm gonna take my time. Holy to fuck! Us. We're back at the trolley problem. We're back at the trolley problem. Because then like yep. it's 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 the same idea. You just have to convince those jurors that like nope, the, the bigger the bigger evil here is the one with the gavel. Arrest arrest that person. <laughs> <laughs> He's not an elected official. We have no whoa, oversight whoa, whoa. over this bullshit. The judge the judge could be either gender, sir, or whatever the spectrum, but, you know, non-binary. Did I say he? Yeah, you I, thought, did. I said I said they. they. Oh, damn. I'm just saying, the judge is not an elected official. Usually. I mean, some, some counties do. Yeah, but that's but... not necessarily better, right? Like, yeah. do I want my neighbors picking my judges? I don't think so. I'd rather have random chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I kind of like that idea of having people that, that administrate stuff being, that, that's not, like, specific being randomly chosen. Like, we don't know. Anybody who's an adult needs to be prepared to make certain decisions and be informed enough. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll inform you when you get the job. We'll talk to you about what's going on. But anybody could be running this shit. So maybe we should keep everybody 
as liberally educated as possible. I mean, yeah, like there's the huge caveat, right? Because like, I know sometimes like I go to the gas station and I pump gas and I see other people in the gas station pumping their gas. (laughs) And I just think like, please God, please let this be, please let this be a joke. Like let this person not actually. When they've got the tube over the vehicle because they can't figure out which side to fucking park on because of the gas tank. Yeah. No. And that's my point is we should, I think we can have enough oversight where it should be the average person should be able to just take that job. Maybe. Like, I, I don't know. We should feel comfortable having that little power in anyone's fucking hands. That if that anybody could just do it. Because we see what happens when corrupt assholes get elected to really important positions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's generally not great. Generally not great. So, uh, so it's, it's, we've been talking for a little bit. We usually finish this off with a, uh, a rating scale of how you feel about joining this cult, which is now very thinly veiled uh, violent revo- overthrow of this government. <laughs> yeah so this 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 is the part where when it gets released you're gonna be like no no you got to keep playing the audio when i say no when i say no i gave it i gave it a two that day i gave it a two and then they like fast forward it and then they hit play and then i'm like and then captain america just hits her in the face with a shield and i'm like oh no the jurors did not need to hear that no and my point is then you're just like that man acted alone right yeah Uh, i'll be honest i the, the thought of inciting violent revolution terrifies me um, I think that mm-hmm. maybe for some types of issues, we are there right now, uh, gun control, for instance. Um, I do not think we are there with climate change. And I think right now I'm much more fatalistic that, you know, if we can't get our shit together and not enough people are on board to support said violent revolution, then maybe maybe we just take a mulligan on this earth and it starts over and <laughs> it produces some other type of biologically motivated race in the next few, you know, hundreds of millions of years, but hopefully in the next 5.5 billion years, when the sun expands into a red giant, it just makes all this conversation pointless. I mean, it will anyway. It all will be anyway. Right, but like, that would be such a bummer if like, in like 5.49999 billion years, like, the species evolved that was like, got it, don't fuck the planet. And then the sun was just (laughs) like, and I'm expanding. Like, goddammit, we're so close. So close. So yeah, uh, the, the the cult has me worried now. I see a schism in the in, in the church. Uh, I'm, I'm bump, bump me down to a three. Bump me down to a three. Cool. Also, I have to pee a no, little I mean, bit, so that might be motivating my factor. We also could just take a break. We have the power to edit this. No. We can pause. No. If you need to go piss, go take a piss. But... No, I'm fine. I'm keeping my fluids inside. Inside fluids. <laughs> you're not you're not drinking your piss again, are you? Right. No. Nope. Right? Nope. I, I destroyed my water world contraption when I left California. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass to build them again. You have been downing water like crazy, too, so I can see. Do, do you want to go take a break? Or do you want to just... We should just call it now. We, we, we just finished the podcast. What are we you did. talking just... about, Red? All right. Do I want to take a break? Yeah, yes, right, right. I would like to take a week-long break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, I have been smoking a little bit since we've been talking because uh, I've been depressed a little bit, but I'm feeling better now. Great. Weed does make life a little better. You'll be getting some soon. That's exciting. I had two beers in a hot tub on my vacation recently and just was like trashed. Like I was just, I'd gotten back from a big hike, went in a hot tub, slammed two beers, and then was like borderline talking is not worth it levels of drunk, like instantly. Damn. How did your wife handle that? Great. She's fantastic with that. We went inside, I took a little nap, then we got some sushi and it was great. Nice. I just know that she doesn't uh, willingly partake in uh, getting drunk. <laughs> willingly? For, for the audience out there, I am not <laughs> forcing my wife to drink. No, no. Like, when she's sick, like cold medicine, that kind of crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's generally anti all that stuff. But uh, no, she doesn't, you know. Uh, you just mentioned the other, uh, in, in our private conversations, you mentioned that she got kind of trashed on cold meds. 
not that long ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was very funny for me. I was glad I was there. Yeah, that's I was like trying to imagine that, what that would be like, because I can't. I can't imagine that sprig unwinding even much, yeah, I mean, like beyond a certain point. You know, when it's that tightly wound, even a quarter turn makes a lot of difference. <laughs> I mean, it does. Like, she, she has a dyna- very dynamic range. There's just a certain point where I'm just like, I don't know what would happen if she ever let loose. I'm worried she's, she is the, oh, and it even works with the hair. She's the Jean Grey. Like she, she, if she unlocks those powers, it turns out she's Omega level. She'll just destroy everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. That's why I married her, so that way, in the case of that happening, and she controls that power, I will be married to said power and thus be able to enjoy the fruits of the new world. Or it will be a cataclysmic event which annihilates everything, and I will be the first to be annihilated and thus not have to experience it. You are Cyclops. You are playing the Boy Scout because you're like, well, no. If it takes murdering those people, I guess the planet just dies and it just happens. That just. That is pretty much white knighting. You're just like, I will not violate my ethics to save all these people. Good on you. Yeah, great. I love being compared to Cyclops, <laughs> the coolest X-Man. Yep. Sorry, I, I, I'd i say I'm Wolverine, but <laughs> that's truly clearly not true. No, dude. You're, you're like if Professor X smoked a bunch of weed and didn't have telekinetic powers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why i'm in the chair i can't i can't move my legs guys are like could you just put down the fucking bong you no, no, could no. you know you what it could. is you can you you can move your legs you just choose not to you're that's like true. i'm just i'm just high as a motherfucker why would i move my legs i have this sweet ass chair look at me fucking, it hovers around everywhere chair why would i not write this area did you know did you know it doubles as a toilet no it doesn't <laughs> stop using it like that we have you, to clean that up you just keep Pooping in it. Look at Beast. Beast is crying. You've made Beast cry. That's easy to do. You just ask him to clean the chair. See? Even you know that you poop in the chair. I know. Out of my way, peasants. Then you just fly off. Shaking my pants out <laughs> so the turds fall out. Ugh. God damn it. Uh, yeah, with that, we should end Yeah, keep, keep, keep um, all that in. Take out all the terrible stuff. <laughs> all, right. all right. Good night, Bye, everybody. Everyone. Hey, it's Redstone from end of April 2021. Here to say it is a bad idea. Maybe not entirely immoral, but bad idea to try to coo the billionaires. To be honest, I feel like that's what I was kind of going after. And here's some reasons why. And I've been really reflecting on this. And I've, in the last two years since this podcast started, since those recordings happened, I have had even greater dealings with more and more rich people. It comes down to me some truths, which are that power is is a corruptive influence. The more you have of it, the more likely it is to corrupt you. And wealth is power. Wealth is the possibly... The one type of power that trumps all other. You can buy political influence. You can buy people to enact force on your behalf. You can do it in large enough numbers that it's hard to fight against that. I mean, we already have the state. So you've got the police and the military are there specifically to, to protect the the cell, the, the physical personage and the property of the mega rich. I mean, it, it trickles down, but that's where it really comes down to. And then they have their own private security firms. So violent revolution, just what? It's impractical. Why is it impractical, though? Because we're small, we're weak, we... Capitalism is a hydra. So if you 
took out Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. They have people that are going to inherit the wealth. It doesn't just go to the workers. This money stays concentrated. And their whole circle of people, for the most part, they're not great. It, it just, I have met so many rich people in my life now. And I've found that, generally speaking, they're, they're not good people. This kind of wealth, it, it makes them even more self-centered. It just, it's very unlikely that any of these, whoever would receive the capital, it's not going to be the workers. It, it's you've just created more different billionaires maybe they're a little less rich on their own but you've just grown the class a little bit what should we do instead well here's the thing here's the way to attack capitalism here's how you instead of chopping off a hydra's head where two more grow back we got to attack it in a way that will actually hurt it what does capitalism rely upon and that's the exploitation of workers especially the lowest paid workers the lower down on there there's more of them and they just squeeze them harder if we and this includes you this is what i'm trying to do is we need to increase our solidarity class solidarity is is the most important we need to do this by unionizing workplaces if your workplace is not unionized fucking get on it like that is how you can have more power like you work in a dictatorship overthrow that dictatorship like that's the first place to start overthrow that dictatorship then on top of that then take that money or if you already have the means which i mean to be honest most of us do work with mutual aid if there's got to be a mutual aid group near you and if not start one there's how you're it's organizing it's organizing 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 because when you're connected you can see where the problems are and you can't help i mean any decent people if they're willing to organize they're going to see these issues and they can't help but help it they it just happens that is what we are we are aggressively social beings even the introvert you can't see somebody and not feel that pain if you've gone to any of this effort to make a community and the thing is the the rich are sadly not as much victims but are very much victims of their own wealth it it isolates them they in order to keep that much money you have to become distrustful you become distrustful of everyone they live these empty hollow lives we really should pity them i mean it's also terrible what they're doing to us that we should also despise them but they are victims of the same disease so what we need to do is band together we need to unionize we need to bring mutual aid we need to lift everyone up vote Vote for people that are going to help uh, your your local community. The more people that are better off, that are able to say no to exploitation, the less power capitalism has. The less money these fuckers make, which is less power. This is how we stop it. We feed the people, we house the people. That is what we do. We make people secure so they are not having their lives threatened by, like, missing a paycheck would send so many people of you know not just the lower not just the poor but all the way through the middle class there's so many people who think they're middle class but really if they missed a fucking month's worth of pay they're done they're on the street that there's so much so so much that is wrong so we if we work together if we help each other on the ground if you help the people near you, here's the other thing. When you lift one more person up, now you've got another fighter. That's, it's not, none of this is in any way wasted effort. 
every, all of it builds on itself. Honestly, like Ponzi schemes report to work. This is a pyramid scheme, except for the thing, it's pyramidal growth. It's more exponent, well, it's, uh, geometric growth, but a lot of people confuse that with exponential. But anyway, it's incredibly fast growing when you actually start to do it. Once, if, if you help two people and then those two people help two people, I mean, you, you see how this grows. It's absolutely possible. The more we do it, the stronger we are, the more power we have, it will build. This is where we start, this is what we do. Agitate, educate, organize. It's only by organizing do we defeat the enemy of capitalism. All right, comrades. Um, I, I had something fun at the end of this episode, or it's terrible. It's some of the bits and pieces of edits from the... I, I played with sound. It's kind of creepy. It'll play after the outro. Have a good one. And once again, thank you for listening. This episode was recorded by me, uh, Redstone Archender, uh, at an undisclosed location. Because, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did all, all the stuff. Yep.